I think it's important that people understand that those little details, um, you know, they can, they can make or break it for some people. So I think it's really important that people ask questions and learn, learn from the people that you know are involved in this or find me and I will answer any question for you guys, but uh, for anybody, you know, but don't, um, don't take someone's word for it. If something seems like it's out of place, probably is out of place. So make sure you ask questions and and get information that you need um, to make educated decisions because that's what we are, right? We're all educators making educated decisions every day. Hello, everyone. Jason Roach here again with the Ace Pod, a production of the Association of Clovis Educators. In this episode, we will conclude our discussion with the initial group by talking to Mike Coos and Dan Dritz. Both have these fascinating but unique journeys to and within the district. So let's get started. Mike, welcome to the Ace Pod. Hey, uh, thank you, Jason, for having me here. It's a, it's a you know, exciting to, to, to be on this podcast with um, my colleagues here. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Mike, you and I kind of go back a ways, right? So all we do to uh, some early years at, at Clovis East High School, the Reagan Educational Complex. What year did you start there? Um, I started at the REC uh, in 01, 2001. Mm-hmm. So, so as the third year of the uh, existence of Clovis East High School, they need they needed someone to teach U.S. history, and so I had already been teaching at uh, Clovis High for ten years, and I wound up getting transferred over. It was hard leaving Clovis High because I had such good friends over there and colleagues, and I really re- you know, looked up to them. Um, but once I got over to Clovis East, um, and I was here for a little while, um, I fell in love with Clovis East and 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 the wreck. So. I'm very happy. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So you were there just when the first graduating class was juniors, right? Yes. Yes. And, and that was, that was exciting too. Yeah. Very exciting. So, um, so let's uh, rewind a little bit and kind of, how did you, how did you get to Clovis Unified in the first place? Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, previous speakers have, have, um, all been um, Clovis kids and Valley kids, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm uh, totally different. Um, I don't come from the area. I come from the Central Coast. I grew up around San Luis Obispo and Santa Maria and went to high school in Santa Maria. And um, I don't think I'd ever even heard of Clovis, you know, until way later. Um, my background was, I, you know, I had a lot of other, did a lot of other things before I um, became a teacher. I um, was in the military during the Vietnam era, and uh, I was uh, a Marine uh, officer. Uh, I came out as a captain, infantry officer, and an intelligence officer. Um, I uh, I learned a hell of a lot when I was in the military, of course. Um, But then I did a lot of other things, too, and I wound up moving around a lot. Uh, At one point in time, I was a computer programmer, and... um, Another point in time, I was a cultural resource, uh, you know, consultant for my tribe. Uh, I'm Chumash um, on my mother's side. And so we uh, went, I, I worked uh, in the field um, with archaeologists and with uh, um, on uh, construction projects, uh, trying to safeguard the um, cultural, uh, re- you know, artifacts and remains and village sites and burial sites that um, are inevitably um 
you know, disrupted when there's construction going on, especially along the central coast. Um, and my first contact with people out here in the valley was actually with other Indian people who um, were doing similar work out here in the valley. And so we, we you know, I made a few trips out here and, and uh, got to know some of the Indian people out here first. So those, those are the first people I met from the valley. Um, I got out of, out of, you know, eventually um, I had an opportunity to go back and get my, um, I'm from UC, UCLA, got my bachelor's in UCLA, Navy ROTC, when the military eventually I got out. And I, like I said, I did a lot of other things and moved around quite a bit. And um, at one point in time, someone, um, you know, said, hey, uh, have you ever thought of being a teacher? And I, and I loved history. I loved, um, you know, uh, talking about it. People, a lot of times, you know, um, people would say, hey, um, you know, uh, geez, you know an awful, an awful lot about this stuff. Because I just read it, you know, I just, for me, you know, having fun is reading a history book uh, or a book about political science. And, but anyway, um, I said, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that. So I wound up getting my master's degree and my teaching credential. And I was looking for work. And um, uh, again, just through people I knew out here in the Valley, some of the Indian people I had met, they said, well, hey, why don't you come out here to the Valley and work? Because I couldn't get a job in, on the coast. The good, good old boy network over there was way too strong. So um, yeah, I, I wound up uh, being interviewed by uh, and hired by Steve Weil. Yeah, and so I wound up getting a tour of Clovis High School, and uh, I was really impressed. Um, La Monica Stadium was beautiful. The you know facilities were great. The people I ran into were were so polite, so nice, so um, encouraging. And um, um, I mentioned something like that to Steve Weil, and he said, "Oh, well, um, that's because we've always believed that it's people, not programs, that count here," and um, that appealed to me. It appealed to me because um, uh, my my early years, uh, I really absorbed uh, some of the best of the military culture that I was exposed to, and um, that was you know drilled into me that okay, it really is relationships. Um, you know, you can you can have all of the. And the Marine Corps is a little bastard child of the military. Okay, we always get the hand-me-downs from the Army. Uh, we're, the, you know, we almost get left out of the military defense budget. So we get used to dealing with, you know, the scraps and what's left over. And, um, you know, um, that, you know, means that we have to kind of rely on each other, you know, more uh, to make up for that. And those relationships become really important in the in, a, in the operation and the efficiency of our of our um, small units. And I really absorbed all of that. That it was you know relationships that mattered the most. That it, it, you know that's what builds trust. But um, the other part of it is is that um, I learned that um, those relationships are really proven under fire literally under fire. And, um, and when you're in a crisis situation, that's when you really know for sure that, um, you know, the people around you, you can, you can rely on them, you can, you can count on them. And um, so that's why it's been so disheartening for me to, yeah, after all these years, I've been in close now for 30 years. It's my 30th year teaching. And um, I, I, you know, um, I've, for the first time ever, I, I've come to doubt that. Um, I think, um, just the, just the other night. Okay. 
when I compare what, you know, the docs, what doc said about it's people, not programs. And then I hear a member of the board say, quote, I would support more inequality if it means someone is moving ahead. That's not doc. That, that's not the principles that, that I, that I was, was attracted to when I came to work in Clovis. Um, and so um, if you ask me why am I thinking about a union now, that's why. Um, I think that uh, over the years, the, you know, some of the principles that this school uh, or this school district has been built on have eroded. And I don't know why, maybe it's because we've grown too fast, too big, you know, too big, too fast, or, um, you know, it's, it's been so many years since, um, you know, we've had a really, you know, uh, strong, you know, leadership at the time. I don't know. Uh, all I know is, is that it's just eroded. And um, I no longer believe that the, you know, that um, the people I work for really take, you know, those principles seriously anymore, especially when it comes to people, not programs. Um, yeah, I come from, you know, a different background, different experience. But, um, you know, I still think that um, with um, a union that, um, you know, we can look after each other. Uh, that's what it really a union is. Um, you know, I'm, I, I think that uh, the people that come together um, who belong to the union come from all the different, you know, specialty areas. Uh, it's not just the classroom teachers, but the, you know, psychologists, the nurses, okay, the special ed people, you know, everybody needs to support each other. Um, and I think that's what Doc meant originally when he said people, not programs. And um, I think that right now, um, probably that's, you know, the, the forum where, people, where we can come together and support each other is, is in fact a union. All right. So, uh Man, that that was good. I, I don't I don't think I have to ask you any of the questions because you just answered them all. But I do want to, you know, kind of uh, coming back to this. You know, this is something we say all the time, right? It's people, not programs. What does that What does that look like when it's high functioning? When it's actually a lived value? Maybe you know, kind of talk about the things that you you love about working at Clovis East or at the Rec and you know, kind of how that is a lived value at, in your experience at Clovis East High School? Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, going back to my days at Clovis High, you know, and more recently at Clovis East, uh, you know, um, you know, people um, have, I think people as the classroom teachers, the, the site administrators for the, for, the, for, the, for the most part, most of them still will go ahead and um, be, uh, very supportive, be very willing to go ahead and, and talk and, and, uh, and listen. Um, and I think that's, you know, I still find that that's true. So, so the, you know, the, um, the, the, the basic elements that, that are, that are, that doc um, and the old timers that I met when I was at Clovis High, those guys, I mean, th that, that's still here. The potential is still, still here for, you know, bringing back the, you know, the, uh, the kind of culture and the kind of mutually supportive, you know, attitude that it's, it's still there. And, uh, and I think we, all we need to do is, um, you know, make sure that um, we have a forum where we can come together and um, every, where, you know, um, 
we can we can listen to, for instance, the special ed people and say, hey, this is what we really need. And then it's not just them asking admin or the school board for, for support, but we, as a union, we, a union, all of the people that are you know, belonging to this organization can come up and support them. And, you know, when it comes to negotiate for our contract and we come and negotiate for the working conditions that we need, we can bring that forward and say, hey, um, you know, the, the special ed people over here, this is what they need and we support them. And so um, I think that already exists. That's, I guess, when I answer your question, Jason, that's, that's already exists at, at the site level to a great extent. It's right. already there. The problem is, is that, you know, the, the, I think the, uh, uh, the leadership and, um, you know, the, the, you know, the decision-making uh, has become too top heavy, uh, too divorced from, from the, you know, the site level and from what people need and, you know, who are working in the field working in the classroom, working in the, the, the sites, whether they, you know, um, and, um, you know, like Kristen said before, you know, um, the power relationship has become just um, uh, too one-sided. And, um, you know, I teach government. Um, something I heard about that, I heard you know, a long time ago, something about checks and balances, I think. I think, it, I think that applies here. We need, we need some real checks and balances, balance of power and checks on power. Well, I don't expect the union to go ahead or the people, us, you know, to go ahead and get our way all the time, um, to get our, you know, uh, I wouldn't expect that in any kind of like you know, any kind of relationship either. Um, but certainly, okay, um, you know, unless we do have real power, and it's not just an advisory group that who can easily be dismissed, uh, you know, um, we're going to continue to to have days like July fifteenth of, of, of you know last year. It, it does strike me, right? There's real reasons why we have these kind of docisms because they are rooted in some really like uh, extraordinary values, right? You know, people, not programs is, you know, worthy yeah. goal to strive for. It's something that everybody just, it's axiomatic, right? That, that everybody just knows it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of collectivizing our, our voice, making sure that teachers and nurses and psychs and counselors um, in every department, special ed, in elementary school and high school, have kind of that collective voice, so that we can kind of uh, truly kind of actualize that value and make sure that it's not just a stated value but a lived value. So, Mike, uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate appreciate you and appreciate your time. Thank you, Jason. Um, my pleasure and. Um... I wish to, you know, extend my thanks to all of the people that have been working so hard to, to bring this uh, organization together. Thank you. Yeah, and and kind of all the just, yeah, you know, the the teachers and the educators, right? It's it's a real diverse group, um, mm-hmm. working real hard for this organization, but just broader, yep. right? All the educators, right? This, like I like to say, kind of this Gumby-like flexibility we've all had over the association the last- of. That's right, Association of Clovis Educators. And I know secretaries at the rec, I know janitors at the rec, they are all educators. So thank you, Jason. Thank you very much for bringing us us together tonight to have this great discussion. Thank you very much and um, see you later. Bye. Okay, 
Here's our last guest from Mountain View Elementary. This is Dan Dritz. Welcome to the program, Dan. Thanks, Jason. I'm glad I could be here today with you. So Dan, um, you know, I've learned over the course of the last few months that you pretty much know everybody. <laughs> and I <laughs> somehow, uh, uh, we never knew each other prior to this. So I'm not sure how that happened, but um, Dan Dritz, everybody is kind of, it, somehow he knows everybody in Clovis. I, I, I guarantee you, he knows somebody at every school site in the district. Um, so let's talk about how that is. How did, you know, talk about your Clovis Unified uh, journey a little bit. Wow. Well, it started quite a while ago. It started uh, about 26 years ago. I was, um, I was uh, going to school to get my, uh, my credential and um, ended up doing some sub work and I was doing uh, speech aid work um, because my, my undergraduate is communicative disorders, which is like speech therapy. And so um, I was in the district as an aide and uh, working at Sierra Vista and a couple other schools and uh, Cole was another one. And, uh, you know, and then from there, uh, they had an opening for special ed, which I started in special ed. I got my master's in special ed. So, um, so they offered me a position in special ed and it was opening a program at Sierra Vista, uh, which was uh, like a functional skills kind of program there. And uh, so I opened that like mid-year because suddenly they had a need and, uh, and, and I knew a lot of the people in special ed at that time because I had just been doing the aid work. And, and so uh, some of the program specialists knew me and said, hey, you wanna, you know, would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I jumped in on that on an emergency credential because uh, you know, I hadn't quite finished my credential yet. So that was uh, kind of a, a big deal. I was super excited about it. Were you at uh, Fresno State or? Uh, no, I was doing it through. So I had finished, I graduated with my undergraduate from Fresno State, and then I went to a national to get my credential. And so, um, so I graduated from Fresno State. I started at Humboldt State, going to go into forestry and range management, believe it or not, and then uh, ended up uh, going into uh, communicative disorders, and they closed the programs up there. So your options were SAC or Fresno. And I was like, not going to SAC. So came down to Fresno and didn't finished here. And then I got into um, their credential program through uh, national. I got my master's in special ed, um, ended up getting hired at Sierra Vista for that spot. And then uh, the next year rotated over to um, Alta Sierra mm -hmm. to run an emotionally disturbed program over there for the year, which was um, like drinking water through a fire hose. It was quite an adventure. Uh, it was a very small class, probably eight kids, but they were very, um, they, they had a lot of needs. And so we had uh, quite a bit of um, extra special ed people involved through counseling and, and, uh, and uh, OT and uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And it was pretty, so, pretty early in, the, in Alta Sierra's life, right? Yeah, yeah, this was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty early. Like there the Buchanan, uh, you could walk, I was right on the end where they built that new um, building right by Buchanan that's got the, yeah, yeah. the windmills on it. And all. That was just a big field out there, you know, with some trees. So we'd go out there and do uh, ultimate Frisbee with the kids and all kinds of stuff. There's just nothing out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so then after that, um, uh, I did that for a year and uh, found it wasn't like quite the right fit for me. 
I enjoyed it, but you know, time to time to switch to something else. So um, I ended up going over to Weldon at that time. And so at Weldon, I started with uh, Scott Steele over there. And then um, Scott went over to open up Century and uh, Ray Lozano came in. And then I stayed there with Ray and I had uh, like, it was a great group of people over there. Great group of people, just a wonderful family. And so from there, um, my class dwindled in size. So the district said, well, you've got like two kids coming back to, uh, to Weldon next year. So uh, we're just going to ship them over to Sierra Vista instead. So then they're like, so you're going to need to find, you know, another place. And I'm like, oh, okay. How do I do that? And they're like, well, you got to go interview. You got to go through the transfer process. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I ended up uh, leaving there and I opened up um, Freedom. I opened up Freedom with Pete Reyes back in the day. And uh, it was a great, another great group of people. Super. And we opened it up actually where um, uh, the elementary school is at your location out of the wreck out there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Portable campus yeah. we opened up on and uh, we were there till uh, winter break. And at winter break, everyone gave up their winter break and moved into the new school, set up their classrooms. And it was really quite an adventure. And uh, so we I was there for about eight years. And then at that point, I decided I was going to switch over to uh, regular ed. So I switched over and interviewed with uh, Monica Everson over at Mountain View. And uh, she was kind enough to hire me over there as a fourth grade regular ed teacher. And uh, I have been there ever since. And I finally just switched to, you know, fifth grade this year, the week before school started. So that was super exciting. A new adventure for sure. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been an adventure, but throughout that, you know, you, you meet so many different people and uh, make so many different connections throughout the district, especially with special ed, because you're so interconnected and interwoven yeah. with different programs and that. And I, I don't think people realize like how interconnected special ed is like throughout the district, you know, it, it's sometimes thought of as um, sort of the bottomless financial pit for the district, but man, it impacts so many people and so many lives of the kids that are involved in it. And it, it makes a huge difference for everybody. Um, so like when I left special ed, like one of the things I really miss are the kids. So fortunately, you know, if we have kids that are being mainstreamed or whatever, uh, they reach out to me to take those kids. And I, I do enjoy those kids because, you know, those are, those are the kids I, I started with and, I love having, and, you know, that's, that's kind of how we rolled into uh, getting to know everyone in the district, just so many different spots, different areas. And, and it, it's been an adventure for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, clearly like you, you, you've met a lot of people. That's gotta be a, a pretty amazing experience. One thing probably that, that you cherish about your time here. And then you talked about um, kind of your, your heart for kind of those special ed kids. Um, and now just, you know, talk about kind of Mountain View and what is it right now in your current position that, that you really enjoy? Well, now I'm in, you know, regular ed, fifth grade, and I was in fourth grade for like 13 years before that. And, uh, you know, for Mountain View, it's, it's, it's a family over there. You know, that is, that's my family, my family away from my family. So, you know, I care deeply about everybody there to make sure that, you know, I, I'm on EBC, I'm on the benefits committee. So, I take that seriously. And when I'm, when I'm reporting out to my staff, you know, it's, it's important that they're getting the right information. So 
um, you know, I always try to make sure that I'm thinking of them. Like when I think of who uh, I'm representing, that's, that's my other family. And I make sure that whatever I decide, I'm basing it on what I think is best for them. Uh, Mountain View is a great school though. I mean, Monica Everson's great principal. Um, and, and we do a lot of stuff with the community, a lot of outreach with the community when in non-COVID time. And even now we're trying to do some, but you know, it's very challenging. Um, our carnivals are, you know, we have kids coming back from our carnivals that are adults now. I mean, they still come back and, you know, uh, we do a lot of uh, family nights and, and we do a lot of interaction with the families. Um, I get a lot of kids coming back to visit me that have graduated, which is really great because I get to see like, you know, what's happened with them, where they, where they went, how it's going for them. They'll just stop by, hey, Mr. Dritz, which is awesome because, you know, it's just, you, you don't think that they'll come back. Like that's eight years later for them, you know, yeah. or nine years, you know, but they still pop back in. And, you know, I coach basketball over there for, for the last 13 years. Um, and I'm not a basketball player, just saying, so you know, I'm like five, four, nothing. And uh, I tell the kids, you just got to do what I say, not what I do, because I can't do it like you can. And I, you know, I'm blessed to have like good players. It's, it has nothing to do with my skills. So I just want you to know, it's all about the kids' skills, you know? So we've, we've had some really good seasons and some really tough seasons and, you know, you know, you win with dignity and you lose with dignity. You know, it's all about class, winning with class, losing with dignity. Right. That's, that's yeah. what it is. And, uh, you know, so a lot of, a lot of those I've, I've coached baseball and track for the last few years, especially baseball, only one season. Thank goodness. I'm not a great baseball coach, but, um, you know, we're, we're involved in everything over there. And I love having that interaction outside of the classroom with the kids too, because that, that's what makes the difference right. Right. having that, that time with them. Where it's yes. not always yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're really connected to these kids. You're really connected to the site and, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the love that you feel there, right, is, is pretty obvious coming, coming through uh, how you talk about it. So, like, you know, the obvious question then is, you know, kind of what led you to, to this idea of unionization, right? Right. I mean, how, how could anything go wrong with the way everything's going? Um, yeah, for me, I mean, it has nothing to do with my site. I, I, I admire uh, my admin at my site. I think, throughout this, they have done their very best to, um, to make it work. And, 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 you know, admin doesn't, you know, school admin doesn't have a lot of, of choice in what happens. It's, it's definitely passed down and they have to kind of take the marching orders. Uh, but for me, what really, what really kicked it into gear for me was, I hate to say it, but like July 15th meeting, uh, my wife worked in the district as well for 20 years and she just left the district, had nothing to do with COVID, but she ended up uh, getting into something else that she was really excited about. But she was on a uh, faculty senate and she was also a uh, special ed uh, at Sierra Vista. She was at Sierra Vista for 17 years. And um, so she was on two of those reopening committees. And I can attest to the hours that were given to those committees every week, uh, two different meetings, yeah, every, almost every week they were meeting. And I think what really just was the end for me was getting there and having them round file uh, any recommendations that not just my wife, but all of these people in the district had committed their time to without pay. I mean, there was no, nothing there offering them any compensation for the time they put into it, giving up their summer days for this, you know, but just the fact that it was just round file, no one, 
no one looked at it. It was straight up. We're going to go back uh, traditional the end for me. Like there had been a lot of things throughout, you know, I've noticed that we've had less and less say in things and programs are being implemented without a lot of our say, like we, we pilot things and we give uh, feedback on these pilots. And when we give feedback and we give negative feedback, um, it's not adhered to. For example, you know, we have some different curriculum for reading and math now, and some of those weren't uh, positively reviewed very well. But when I inquired about, well, you know, what school was interested in it, they would tell me, oh, well, this school really thought it was great. So I'm like, great, I'll call them. Let's find out because maybe I'm missing something on this from my colleagues that were piloting it and uh, who didn't like it, you know, some of these things. And I call over there and they're like, no, we didn't like it either. And I'm like, well, why are they telling me you guys liked it? So, you know, there's just a, a lack of, uh, well, I mean, a lack of transparency in, in, in how things have been going over the last few years. I would say, you know, probably the last 10 or 12 years, you'd see it kind of ramp up and things in, seem to go out sort of unilaterally. And, um, and I think the teacher's voice gets lost in that. I think it becomes um, a mill, you know, sort of a mill to pump these kids out at the top of the game when some of this stuff, you know, we need something to that is going to actually like really help these kids be able to do this. And there's, there's components to some of these things that are really useful uh, for the kids, but the overall feeling is that some of these programs aren't right for the kids. And it's not just me. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, coworkers and people I know from other schools that are not always in favor of some of these programs. And when we talk about, do we have, you know, who do we talk to about this? Well, there's, there's really no one to go back to and have a conversation about it that that can do anything about it or that will do anything about it. You know, it's, at some point they're like, well, we're committed to this, so we're going to do it. And um, and I think sometimes that's wrong. I feel that a lot of our kids, um, you know, not everyone's the quarterback on the football team. I think that's the big thing to remember. So we do have those kids that are like highly functioning academic kids. And then we have the kids that are not. They're the ones, you know, that need that extra help. And it's those kids that, you know, when we're choosing curriculum for those kids, it's those kids that we should be looking out for as well. And I don't think that it's always that way. I think, you know, we have a reputation as Clovis Unified as being um, a high performing district test wise, especially, right? And, and sports-wise, right? Because we do sports from elementary all the way through to high school, right? And, um, and I think because of that high expectation, I think sometimes, you know, we sort of skip the important steps on making sure that we're getting there, like getting teacher feedback and really, really listening to it, not just putting a committee together and saying, hey, let's talk about it. Um, and then having it go nowhere, because that's the biggest concern that I have is we have committees all over our district to handle different things, but you never really hear of anything coming of the committee. You know what I mean? Like there's different committees for, you know, any type of curriculum or sports or whatever it is, but you never really hear like the results of that committee. Other than we met, we talked, we got together, we shared some information, but never really am I hearing like, the final product. And it's because of all these different things that I finally came to the conclusion that we, we need, you know, a bigger group, a bigger voice 
and and having a you know having a union in our you know our union in our district designed by us is I think one of the best ways to do that. It's teachers making helping make decisions in our district that I think long ago in our district was one of the processes that we had, but I think it goes by the wayside now. You know, I think it's well. Let's hear what they have to say. But if we're not sure we like it, we're still going to go with our original plan. And that's been the frustration for me. And I don't say that it's coming from my own school because I don't feel that it comes from my school. I feel like it comes from, you know, much higher up that, you know, they're just they're just getting their marching orders and, and the chain of command comes down to them. You know, so um, I've always felt that my principal at my school has done their, you know, her best to make sure that you know, she understands where we're feeling, but we understand that this is what has to happen. This is what she's being told, and this is how it needs to happen. Um, so because of this, I think, you know, that the union would benefit us. It would give us more of a say in how we're doing things. It would make sure that, um, you know, the things that need to be recognized are recognized and, and, and fought for. And, uh, and it's through that kind of transparency that we really need that. We need that that transparency to understand that the decisions are being made in the best interest of not teachers, but in the best interest of kids. And kids should come first, obviously, but your teachers, they should be right there in second place, right behind the kids. Because we all know happy teachers make happy kids, right? So if we feel that our voices are being heard and that we're able to make a difference, we're gonna make a bigger difference in the kid's life because we're getting the things we need. So, yes, you know, sir. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Perfect. so, um, you know, one of, one of the things that I've, I've, you know, like to tell people over the, the, the last couple of months is, you know, that, you know, we, we've talked obviously in the last year about a lot about COVID, right. And the, you know, the July 15th board right. meeting and, and, you know, kind of the, the kind of disappointment in some of those decisions. Right. But, you know, that's not, you know, those are just symptoms, right, of these larger Absolutely. issues. And we've heard, you know, kind of, you know, Kristen talked about, you know, shared decision making. And, you know, Mike talked about people, not programs. Um, and Amy talked about this value of, of um, you know, we only hire the best. And then, you know, Dan yes. here is finishing off with this kind of idea of transparency. Yes. And, you know, the, these are, these are values that we all kind of talk about and we all share and we all kind of appreciate and know their value in the system. Um, and what I hear you saying, right, is that, you know, kind of unionization is a pathway to make sure that we, we, or we truly value uh, those, those ideas by living them. So Dan, just to kind of wrap up uh, the podcast here. So uh, what's one thing you think uh, people out there should know about the process of unionization? Well, I, I, I really feel like, you know, there's a lot of, of, of um, mixed messages out there that are going out to people um, that are inaccurate. I think people feel like, uh, you know, there's a lot of things like an us versus them kind of thing, but it's not true. You know, a lot of what we have and, and misnomers about dues and misnomers about like working hours. Like, honestly, if I had a union that told me I had to go home at three, I would never go home at three. Like I'm going to do my job. Right. And if they said, oh, you couldn't come on on the weekend, uh, 
yeah, I can come in on a weekend because that's what I do. Like, who is going to tell a teacher that they can't do their job? I cannot figure out where that would come from. Um, yeah. So, you know, some of the misnomers are like, oh, uh, you have to leave at three and you can't work on the weekend. And it's, it's such baloney. Like, seriously, the people that leave at three will still leave at three. And the people that stay and, and do more, they're going to be there doing more. And they're going to be there on the weekends just the same, whether we have a union in this district or not. You know what I'm saying? And then the other thing is I, I hear lately, too, is like, oh, it's a thousand dollars a month to be a union member when that's probably like what it would cost for the year. You know, so it, it's just, you know, it's interesting the 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 information that's that's put out. You know, I think it's important that people understand that those little details, um, you know, they can they can make or break it for some people. So I think it's really important that people ask questions and learn, learn from the people that, you know, are involved in this or find me and I will answer any question for you guys. But uh, for anybody, you know, but don't um, don't take someone's word for it. If something seems like it's out of place, probably is out of place. Yeah. So make sure you ask questions and, and get information that you need. Um, to make educated decisions, because that's what we are, right? We're all educators making educated decisions every day. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously one of the values, right? We want to impart to kids, right? Is making, you know, decisions based on kind of real evidence. Yeah. And Absolutely. obviously people are going to reach out to you to ask questions, Dan, because you know everybody, right? <laughs> we've, established, we've established this. So, yeah, and I, I think it actually creates a responsibility on us, right? That we it's incumbent upon us as an organization, you know, to do that outreach, to be approachable yeah. and to be able to kind of answer those questions and then yeah, you know, dispel Absolutely. some of these, you know, kind of uh, when you're on our side of it, just kind of, you know, they seemingly strange, but they're out there, right? And they're, you know, they're yep. they're pervasive, they're everywhere and they're believed. And it's it's kind of our job to make sure that uh, we do that. Yeah. I mean, email me, man. I, I will give you all the information you need. I mean, truthful information. I, there's nothing that can benefit me by showing someone something that is, you know, false information. It's, it's going to serve no purpose other than to make, make someone feel like what we're doing is a false movement. And it's not, you know, it's a truthful, um, educated decision that I made to do this. I mean, I thought it through. I investigated it. Uh, was I afraid to do that at first? Yeah. Was I nervous about it? Yeah, you bet I was. But once I got the information and I understood more about how it works and how it functions, you know, if admin has a major concern about this, you know, if things are going just fine, then our admin shouldn't have any concern about this at all. I mean, that's, that's right. Really yeah. yeah. I think it's a, a worthy discussion that educators, teachers, psychs, counselors, um, nurses, right? Yeah. All of us have this discussion and we engage in the conversation and, you know, let us choose kind of the right path forward for us, right? Absolutely. Obviously, we, we have our, you know, thoughts on that, that path and, you know, hopefully together, right? We talk about this yes. a lot that we're better together, that yep. uh, we kind of make this decision uh, together. All right. I Thank agree. you, Dan. Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. It's been a pleasure. Columbus educators and all of you out there that have tuned in, we thank you for joining us in the conversation. To engage further, you can find us at www.columbuseducators.org and 
at our Instagram handle at Clovis Educator. Remember, there is nothing wrong about having this conversation. You cannot legally be punished for participating, asking questions, listening to this podcast, attending a meeting, and ultimately, if you choose to, signing the union support petition. These are your legally protected rights. We are ACE, we love Clovis Unified, and we will see you next time on the ACE Pod.